Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to Your Life the Mixtape presents Headliners. Each week, I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick. On this episode of Headliners, I am joined by singer-songwriter Rutherford Royal, whose debut EP Bleak is out now. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So diving uh, right into this, if you could collaborate with any musician, living or dead, who would you pick? Sure. Um, probably Adrian Utley of Portisud. Um, Are you familiar with them? I'm sure you are. Um, I heard Dummy for the first time when I was 11 in my older brother's car. And it was the first time I remember really being exposed to like producer forward music. Plus, it's pretty dark. Uh, for an 11 year old to be listening to that kind of music. So that made an impression. <laughs> I was just going to add that, you know, I think his, his tracking workflow uh, to writing is a lot like mine. And um, I really like what he developed with Michael Hadrius, a perfume genius. Uh, describe the new EP using only one word. I was going to say bleak. I mean, it's really <laughs> the best word for it. Um, it's, it's an album that is, you know, kind of for exploring my more existential side. And the other music projects that I'm involved in are a little more um, about the happy, more joyful side of music. So, I mean, it's got to be bleak. So who who is an artist that if they popped into this Zoom right now and said, I need you to go on tour with me, who are you dropping everything for? I mean, so many. But I mean, Radiohead, um, it's hard to think above Radiohead. Tom's writing and the band's arrangements have been really deeply influential in my own music. And um, as a soundtrack to many of the important moments of my life. So I have to go with Radiohead. If you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Yeah, yeah. If I could just wave a wand and change something, um, I guess it would be that musicians get paid fairly for their time and for the quality of their work that they produce. Unfortunately, it's not really possible to do that in the way that we think of traditional careers. Um, There is an extremely high risk of failure and even destitution for pursuing your dreams as an artist. I think that, I don't know, I guess I used to think it was one part talent, one part hard work and and one part luck. But I guess it's also 10 parts knowing the right people. And that's not something that I've ever really been personally interested in. What's a venue that you would give anything to play? I'm not sure I'd give anything to play anywhere. Um, but I would definitely like to violate the fire code capacity at a place like the Bodleian Libraries in Oxford or some other place that's just been quiet for centuries. Seems like fun. What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? Well, one habit I've been trying to, to break, especially in co-writes, is just defaulting to writing about love or romantic relationships. 
um, which is ironic since the album I just released is about failed relationships. Um, but it's overdone and there's plenty of fertile ground for other meaningful topics. And I think that those kinds of songs uh, about love and romance specifically are deeply and uniquely personal and should be, at least for me, should be written alone, preferably in my case over years of reflection. So using only colors, describe your music. Yeah, um, I guess I think about colors and music. Shout out to um, Alabama Shake, Sound and Color. <laughs> um, in terms of EQs and histograms. So, you know, I would there would be deep reds and sort of like grainy yellows and greens and some soft blues. Um, but there's a very close relationship since they're both energy frequencies um, between EQs and histograms. What is a song that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? I think Bleak, you know, is very cinematic. So this next question is uh, kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. I, I've got three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews. And I will let you pick the one that uh, you would like to answer in this case. And uh, your choices are who are your influences? What got you started in music? Or what is your creative process like? Okay, um, I will take the creative process question. Um, so my process is a bit backwards. Um, but it's it's really not that dissimilar from most writers these days, I think, since we have access to recording technology, you know, at a consumer, prosumer level. Um, I, I start with a groove. It doesn't, um, it doesn't really get me if it doesn't make me want to move um, or at least sway in some way. So it's not something I would continue to listen to if it doesn't have that bass element. Um, that's not to say that it needs drums, but at least needs like implied rhythmic structure that guides the listener. It's kind of backwards from the way that you're taught like the prevailing theory on songwriting, which says that the melody and the lyric should be written first. So in, in a way, I suppose I write those first two, um, but separately, um, uh, you know, months or years go by and I'm reaching into the endless bag of voice notes uh, and uh, pairing one groove with one sort of like poetic refrain or idea theme. Randomization is a, is a big part of my process writing and it has been for tons of writers, Jimi Hendrix, David Bowie, Tom York are all using this sort of like randomization, cutting up lyrics thing. Um, and I love that. I, I do reach for it a lot. And then, you know, like Adrian Utley, I'm kind of like tracking songs as I'm writing them. I get into Ableton, I'm scratching out parts of the arrangement. And if it survives the sort of graveyard of unfinished sessions in my pending song seeds folder, you know, it gets mixed and maybe thrown into an album. So do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Uh, that's a good question. Artist for sure. I, I hate the idea of someone coming to a show, or listening to one of my recordings and saying like, hmm, that was entertaining. You know, I'd much rather them say, fuck, that was art. Tell me about the moment in your career that uh, you're most proud of. Oh, geez. I don't know. Um, for me, probably the biggest thing that happened was with my other band, Poster Child, but we're still under an NDA not to discuss it. You're actually, your, your guest, um, Jake Huffman, was it? Uh, had a really great answer for this. I was listening to that the other day. 
I think he said he was proud of the fact that he was still a musician um, because as you get older, it's harder and harder to double down on uh, musicianhood. <laughs> I think that definitely rings true. And I think I'm incredibly proud of the fact that anyone wants to take the time to listen to my, you know, my music, what I create. It's really personal and it feels personal when people tell me they've heard it. If you could start your career over from the day that you decided to pursue music, would you do anything differently? Sure. If I could start my career over, I think I would have spent some more time working with a professional voice coach, coach uh, maybe, um, and uh, maybe gotten a little more serious about music theory which I have a decent grasp of, but I see these like Nashville cats vomiting out like these charts and have these incredible Rolodex of harmonic cliches on command. It, it you know, makes me wish I had more of that in my bag of tricks, um, but it's never too late for that. I attended Berkeley College of Music um, and someone who's kind of high up the ladder that I know recently told me, he was, he was an attendee as well. He, he told me that... Um, the only reason you would go to that school is to network with big names and then drop out having made your connections. In fact, there's, and probably still is this strong sentiment at that school that if you're a performance major, um, which I was not, and then graduate, then you failed in some way because you weren't like poached by the talent seekers. Um, so like I said, I've always been kind of uninterested in meeting people for the express purpose of like using them for their network. It feels super grimy to me. So, um, yeah, I, but in some ways I wish I had taken more interest in like nourishing my relationships with other musicians and going out to support more of the shows of my colleagues. So tell me, uh, tell me about Bleak. Yeah, Bleak is, you know, the first album in my brand new solo project, Rutherford Royal. My full name is Andrew Christopher Rutherford Royal. And uh, the SEO for Andrew Royal is really awful because there's a Prince Andrew, I guess. And it's <laughs> a whole thing. So Rutherford Royal. Um, but it's six songs, uh, which are all sort of vignettes of failing relationships. And it was kind of written in a journalistic way for me to try to analyze like what went wrong through the lens of fading memory in order to find some common thread and like what's going wrong with these relationships that keep failing you know if you're single all of your relationships in your entire life have failed so you know it, it seems obvious to kind of analyze that at some point you know what's the bug in the system um, and I'll tell you something I found it and it's super weird and way too personal to discuss here. Um, anyways, I recorded the album at my home studio and mixed it here. And now it's on to the next one. And tell the folks listening at home and all over the world uh, where they can uh, listen to it. Anywhere you can stream anything, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, etc. And where can they find you on social media? Um Groove Junkie at Groove Junkie on Instagram is my sort of main account. So yeah, slip into those DMs. Well, I thank you so much for uh, uh, taking a little time out of your day to talk about the new project and uh, your music and your process. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Greg. I enjoy the podcast a lot.
This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent.